Hi, Martin Norbury here, author of Unopenment Fridays, ex-CEO and business mentor. And welcome to our podcast, The High Frequency Fridays. As you know, we're on a mission to help businesses survive and thrive, but with the ultimate aim of helping people create a business that runs successfully, whether they turn up or not. And this week, I'm joined by a serial entrepreneur who had his first business at just eight years old, and we'll find out more about that. So a warm welcome to Monty Hook, who joins us actually live from Bali. Thank you very much, Martin. Um, great to be connected to you. And um, yeah, haven't seen you for a couple of years, so it's nice to connect. And Yeah, um, excellent. Yeah, so let me just introduce a little bit, because some people might not know Monty, a lot of people will. But So I work closely with Monty during our time in Singapore, uh, and I've seen firsthand his practical experience in growing teams and scaling businesses. But more important, Monty to Monty is the wisdom and insights into how entrepreneurship could be used as a catalyst for creating an era of new possibilities for humanity, which we'll explore. Uh, Monty's the founder of Exponential, which is basically a business consulting and offshore staffing company with offices in three countries, as well as being a board member, mentor, investor, and anything else he puts his hand to, to lots of other companies. He fully resides in Indonesia and he's building, which we'll talk about lots, The Lighthouse, the world's most inspiring podcast and video studios for entrepreneurs and change makers. I'm already booking my ticket to Bali, so go and see him because he's a great guy and his studios look great. And finally, Monty is the host of the Rabbit Hole podcast, so make sure you tune into that. So he'll be more at home today than probably I will. So Monty, anything else you wanted to add? No, you've uh, yeah, you, you've 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 nailed it. It's um, it's interesting having people talk about you. So it is, yeah. <laughs> it is, and we we always yeah, we always get a little bit of a an understanding from you. But we like to add our own little bit as well. As I said, I, you know, I spent quite a bit of time with you out in Singapore over a year, probably like every four to six weeks. We were sort of meeting up and looking at opportunities and so on. And one of the things that we focus on in this podcast, as our listeners will know, is our scale model which, you know, just a very quick rundown, you know, S for setup, C for congruence, alignment, uh, A for alerts, L for lessons learned, and E for, you know, exit. How do you get yourself out of the business? And the first area I want to explore, and especially with you, because I know you've lived all over the sort of, you know, Indonesia, Australia, you know, the Philippines, all those sorts of places, and now in Bali, is setting up something now, knowing what you know, what would you do first? What would I do? What would I do differently? Yeah, it could be differently. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. I. Um. To be honest, that's a. It's. It's a bit of a loaded question, because I think a lot of, the well, the wisdom that I've developed and the character that I've developed to build what I've built in the past before has come from, you know, those hard lessons and making those mistakes. Yeah. Um. So if, if I could turn back to time, I probably wouldn't do anything differently because, you know, it's, it's given me certain insights, I guess, to myself, especially, um, which has led me to where I'm, where I'm at now. Um, what I would certainly do or what I am doing differently now in terms of how I'm starting businesses compared to before is that I'm starting them from scratch, day dot, day one, with high level people in the business with me. Whereas Ooh. in the past, um, you know, I've started things on my own and it was me ground level, just grinding, doing everything, working 80 hours a week until I had the resources to put somebody else in um, and really grinding it out that way. That's how I've built businesses in the past. Um, you know, and with the, the knowledge and wisdom that I've got now and haven't been able to scale myself out of the, you know, the outsourcing company, um, you know, this time around with Lighthouse, I'm, I'm, I'm starting with high level people in place. I'm, I'm literally starting the business, you know, where I just had get to have oversight. So yeah. high level managers in. So that's the thing that I am doing differently now. Um, and would I know how to do that without, you know, all those hard lessons? Absolutely not. So, so um, I, I absolutely agree. Yeah. Someone says to me now, yeah, if you were starting off a business from scratch, what would you do first? And I'd say I'd assemble my team and I'd probably get a bit of money, first yeah. of all. Because actually, when you have a good team around you, it means that you can accelerate your business a lot quicker because you probably have someone focused on maybe marketing, someone on sales, someone on delivery, and they all own those specific areas of business. 
Whereas if you're doing it on your own, it's actually quite hard, isn't it? Because you've got to get to a certain level before you can afford to get these people on board. Yeah. So how and did then, you pers- persuade to bring like a, a senior team in on, on a on a startup business model? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I 100% agree, uh, agree with, um, yeah, with what you're saying there. And that's why partnerships can be amazing. Like, um, you know, they, they can be pretty rare, but if you've got the opportunity to start a business as a partnership with somebody and you've got really um, aligned um, or complementing skills and abilities to, to make the business move faster, yeah, I mean, do that every day of the week. It's, it's, it's definitely better. Um, so, no, it's just more the case that I've recruited for that. Um, this right. business has kind of been... I guess, brewing for quite a while. Um, this is a lighthouse business, yeah? Yeah, the lighthouse. So, I mean, this has really been born out of a need that I've actually seen, right? So, you know, podcast, you're interviewing me on a podcast. I'm in mm-hmm. a podcast studio right now. It's a massive thing in the world right now. It's a beautiful medium to, you know, to to educate people, to have conversations and get your message out there and um, get your unique uh, take on business in the world out there. Yeah. Um, but there's very few facilities in the world, like high-end facilities, you know, so where I'm sitting right now is in our beta studio in Bali. Um, you know, I've got high-end microphones, high-end equipment. I've got a videographer here that you can't see. Yeah, um, no, we'll, put, we'll put some images on the podcast so people can see it. Cause I'm, I'm sat in my, my office in, uh, in the UK with a, with a sort of small microphone and a you know, screen and you've got like, you know, it looks like the, 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 the MGM of podcasting yeah. system setup. That's incredible. And look, this is this is a baby version compared to what we're actually building. And look, the, the, the reason I'm sharing that is not to try to gloat and say, hey, look at me. <laughs> um, it's more that this has been born out of a real need. You know, yeah. like I, I'm where I'm at in my entrepreneurial journey is I would rather start, you know, start doing things from the start you know, properly high end. Yeah, yeah. That's just where I'm at in my journey. People don't need to do what I'm, I'm doing hundred percent. You know, you can start with just your iPhone and you can, you know, you got to start somewhere, Yeah. but for people like me um, and, you know, probably people like yourself, if like, if you wanted to record content for your membership program or whatever it is, um, you know, the, the quality makes a difference. Yeah. And, um, there's a lot of studios out there in the world, but are they specializing in this entrepreneurial space? You know, are they working with speakers? Are they working specifically with podcasters? Yeah, not really, right? There's a few people, but, um, you know, so we're actually building a very premium facility specifically for podcasters, entrepreneurs, et cetera. Um, I'm probably starting at the end and pitching the business. <laughs> but the reason I'm sharing that is because, there's a very, this has been born out of something, right? And yeah. I've had a lot of conversations over the years with people. This isn't just some harebrained idea that I came up with. Um, so for that reason, you know, I've been able to recruit people into the vision over the last few years as I've, you know, been sharing sharing about it. Yeah. Um, and it is a very unique concept. Um, and we're doing it at a, at a, you know, at a, at a high end. You know, I've got a lot of investment. I've got investors come into it. So I'm doing this in such a way that I have the financial capacity to uh, have recruited managers. Yeah. And so, you know, over the last year or so, as, as we've been piecing it together, I've had my feelers out there. Like I have had my feelers out there. Um, I haven't necessarily, you know, put job ads out there and, mm-hmm. you know, it's been more the case. I've really had my finger on the pulse of looking for talent Yeah. Um, in 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 different arenas um and look there's still some roles i need to fill 100 percent um so yeah i the in terms of the partnership etc i the it's me driving mm-hmm. pretty much all of this i do have investors and some of the investors you know they want to be involved on an advisory level yeah um but there are no you know partners in this the, the people that i have recruited um, uh, uh, employees of the company and look there's incentives and there's things I'm doing to you know support people's growth and make sure that they um, are inspired to stay in the business long term and maybe you know some some performance-based um, incentives um, but yeah that's the way I've done it yeah and no, I love it I, I was, I was, I was uh, 
football practice or soccer for anyone else in the world that's not uh, in England. <laughs> and um, I hate saying that word, but I have to. Uh, and uh, I was there with my, my, my nine-year-old son last night, and we were talking about you know, his chances of playing for a, a top team at some point in the future. And I said, every year it gets less because, you know, the talent obviously has been snapped up and so on. But the one thing I explained to him, and it's the same with what you've just said there, I said, if, you know, if he started at seven, the same as his best mate started at seven, and he just practised one day a week, and his best mate was coached and practised five days a week, by the end of that year, he would have had one year's of football experience. His mate would have had five years of football experience. And if you take that into running a business, when you start up on your own, you get the equivalent of your own. You get your own activity, your own effort, your own thoughts, your own everything. And it takes a long time to get to a point. Well, if you had like, say, four or five people around you who all shared in your vision, and I know, speaking with you in the past, and we've sat in you know, hotels in Singapore, we've sat in buildings and businesses, and we've mapped stuff out on boards and stuff like that. When you have that vision and then you get five people, you get the same. You get a five-year growth pattern quicker than the first year well i so think it's, it's probably i think it's probably more than that I well, it's think exponential it's, isn't it i think it's exponential because yeah. there's things that you can't see that other people will see there'll yeah. be gaps so it's it yeah i think it's definitely exponential i, I, I remember when i was talking with a mutual friend of ours uh, and, and one of the reasons we were both out in singapore a guy called daniel Priestley, and he said when he starts a business he just phones people up and said look it's gonna be really hard work you won't get paid a lot but this is the vision. Yeah. And he sells that vision. And, and, and that's just wonderful because then you get four or five people that are absolutely committed to the purpose. Yeah. And I, I believe nowadays, since the pandemic, it's a, a purpose business that will drive profit, not a profitable yeah. business that will drive purpose. And I think that's the change in the world now. But you get that purpose and then you can do anything. So I love that. Thank you for that one. So we've got our setup now, we've got our team, and we've got a little bit of investment. But how do you align everybody? Because on your own, it's pretty easy because you just go off and do your own thing. But when you've got a new team, a new three or four or five, I don't know how many people you've got, but you know, a group of people and you're all trying to build stuff and you maybe have different ideas, how do you align everything together to make sure you get your vision? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I think the, the thing that carries through with with vision um you know there's just some people in the world that you can just you get a sense of their vision you know like it's just whatever they're doing i want to be involved somehow yeah and i think there's there's a few factors to that it is how much do they believe in the vision themselves you know is it just a good business idea or do you really freaking believe in you know in in, in this in this thing um and I guess if you want to kind of box that into something is, is that's where really strong culture comes from. Right. Okay. Um, so, you know, when people, when I, when people can see what's happening with lighthouse and they mm -hmm. go, Oh, wow, that's cool. That's amazing. That's, you know, that looks lovely. You know, that's a great concept. They can see the, you know, the validity of the concept. Yeah. Um, but when they get a chance to talk to me and they get to interact with the team, it's like they can feel, they can feel what's going on. Um, so yeah, a hundred percent, you know, that building a culture around the vision um, and involving the team as part of that process, you know? Right. So um, I, I, I kind of have the approach and the attitude that, I don't need to know everything, you know, I don't need to have all my ducks in a row before I bring on the core team. Right. right? So, you know, in this business, we're probably going to launch early next year with, I don't know, 30, 30 staff. Right. Um, you know, we've got a food and beverage outlet and, mm -hmm. you know, so, but the core team that I'm building now, which, you know, in the next couple of months will be probably seven or eight people. Yeah. Um, I'm, involving them in processes and almost sharing the the responsibility with them i'm responsible nice. for the vision but i want to involve them as part of the process of helping build out the brand and 
you know, what does that, what does that culture look like? Now, yeah. by involving those people, it gives them a sense of ownership. And then that is then what is going to carry on to the other 25 or so staff. Cause wow. I'm okay. not going to be the guy, you know, on the ground leading those 25 staff. I'm going to be the guy who's just leading the top five. Yeah. Right. So it's really got to be able to carry down. So I, I, I really believe that giving ownership as part of that building process yeah. um, is, is the thing that can carry on well beyond me. Excellent. So, 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 so basically your, your alignment is, is along the lines that, you know, you have a vision, you share the vision with your next layer and they, they then transmute that vision across everybody else. So it brings people together. It aligns them yeah, and, on the journey. Yeah. And, yeah, and look, I mean, we could say that's an, there's an energetic part of that. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but you know, there's a strategic part of that as well. And that yeah. is getting the brand really tight, you know, getting the, um, you know, the visuals of the brand and the, you know, the brand guide and the brand book. And um, so when somebody comes in, it's like, well, they haven't yet experienced that energy yeah. so, so much. But I think when there's congruence, yeah. right, when there's congruence between what have you, what's that energy that I talk about? What's on paper in terms of your brand? And then what are the customers experience and what are the, what is the team experience? Yeah. If those things are all congruent and, you know, sometimes you interact with a business and they say, you know, our, our, um, you know, one of our values is, you know, making a difference or whatever. And it's just yeah. like, well, you know, what are you doing to make a difference? Well, nothing. Yeah. We just, we just say that we do that. Right. It's yes. like, but when you interact with a business that says this is what their value values are, and you can see that they're, they're living into that, they're congruent with that. There's something very resonant about that. And that's a very magnetic thing. And, you know, I'm probably talking a little bit woo-woo right now, I guess. No, no, um, not at all. But I also think it's important because, you know, people nowadays are smarter and they're choosing to uh, interact with businesses, buy from businesses, to consume with businesses that they resonate. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's not so much just about, you know, oh, this product is really great. I will choose, uh, I will choose a business maybe that doesn't even give the best price or, you know, but I really resonate, you know, with the way that that person or that business is showing up. Yeah. Um, and I think that's an important thing for people because for entrepreneurs, because they can, you can get so lost in, you know, the product has to be perfect and, you know, it's, but yeah, you've got to get that resonance part right, which comes from the group congruence of all those part of the all those pieces. Yeah, no, no, I absolutely agree, and I don't think it's weird. So I, I was as part of a, a group uh, quite a few years ago that was losing got a bit of money. I came in as the the MD to I didn't realise it was losing so much as a proof when I taken the job, but um, I came in as a bit uh, MD to try and change it. But actually, the, the one of the key things that changed it was aligning everybody on the journey. That was one of the key things. And it was, you know, we had two, two things. We had a, 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 a solid view of saying, okay, let's just make a pound. That was one of the key things we did. And then everybody, well, how do we do that? What do we do? And, and that question pervaded across everything we did. But we also had a, a, a question that measured the quality of what we did. Uh, so everybody, once they were doing something, said, uh, and the question was, um, or the statement we had was, uh, making it as though the accident never happened. It was in the automotive sector. And, um, but when someone did something, we said, Does it, have you made it as though the accident never happened? Have you taken away the inconvenience? Have you done, oh, no, I didn't. I, I did this. Okay, we'll go back and do that again. But it, it was sort of like a self-judgment. Because um, yeah. you know, one of my views working with hundreds of companies or thousands of companies over the years is actually you can't manage people. People are more like cats and dogs. Um, they decide on what they do, and you, that, that's as simple as that. And if you think you can try and manage someone, you can't. So if you give them a, a journey, a destination, and then say to them, hey, how do you measure that going forward? And they have their question, their purpose, their drive, which aligns with everybody else's, then you get yeah. that congruence, which is what you say. Yeah, and uh, I mean, what you're speaking to there, you know, is the, to, to me, sounds like the ownership piece. You know, yeah. it's like really giving people that ownership of, Know, their own responsibilities but also i mean what i would add there i guess from from my own journey is having some flexibility in the system for people to really um 
to, to people to be able to speak up and go yeah. and share their own ideas. Yeah. Like, so not being so rigid on this is exactly how everything needs to be creating a culture where, you know, new ideas and innovation from people is, is nurtured and is encouraged and it's not going to land every time, but if you give people that autonomy to speak up and create their own ideas, I think that there's, there's so much value in that. Um, and I think a lot of businesses don't do that very well. No, you know, they're so, this is our, this is our systems. And I think especially for businesses that have been there for a while, you know, like you, you've gone into businesses and you've kind of got to almost, um, you know, it's, it's much, it's much easier to do what I'm talking about if you get it right from the start and yeah. then you consistently follow it through. I, I think businesses start well and then somewhere along the line, they get lazy and complacent because the business is doing well. I've experienced this for my own businesses. Mm -hmm. um, and then it, that can be hard to fix. That can be hard to unravel because, you know, culture is a, it's, it's not that easy to, to change and, and, and break. Um, you know, you've got to have strong, strong reasons there. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, what you're speaking to there, that ownership piece is, is vitally important. Yeah, we'll come back to that bit in a minute because um, one part of what we do in the scale model is all about that environment of, of learning and trying and developing and evolving and stuff like that. So we'll come to that in a minute. So let's go back to the lighthouse though. So you, you have this vision, you've got this team around you. And this team are aligned, congruent with what you want to do. But on the journey, there are various different checkpoints, as in anything. You know, I, I always use the trip that I did uh, going to Base Camp Everest as a, as a, a, a metaphor for this, because yeah, you've got an, an ultimate destination. There are lots of ways of getting there, but actually there is a good way of getting there and sometimes some not good ways of getting there. So on your journey, how are you getting the people um, after they have been aligned to, to measure the success, what is the success you're going to measure that says the lighthouse delivers the vision? And on that journey, how do you know if you're going in the wrong direction? Yeah, so where we are at right now in this, you know, this development stage, we're not even mm. open, right? So um, it's, and the people that I've got with me, um, I've, you know, giving a lot of autonomy to. Mm -hmm. um, so the measures that I have with the core team at the moment, yeah, sure. There's, um, you know, there's object, there's work objectives in terms of, you know, out output of what, you know, I expect out of people. Um, I don't, ex you know, I'm not a, I don't put super high pressure. Mm -hmm. I let people kind of take some responsibility for themselves and let them run their own days and, um, you know, I'm pretty flexible with, with that approach. Um, but certainly, yeah. And I don't have specific measures. It's more because it's only a small core team. Yeah. I'm having individual conversations with people about, okay, what's working well, what's not working well from your perspective, what can we do better? What can you do better? Um, so at this stage, it's, it's, it's more of that. It's a, a developing leadership kind of piece. Right. Once we open, um, then there's going to be, you know, financial <laughs> measures in place, obviously. Yes. Um, I'm, you know, I'm a numbers guy. I'm, uh, I like numbers and um, obviously we'll have targets in place um, and there'll be ownership of departments. Yeah. And my role I'm probably going to see as being, you know, if you really want to nail it down, is probably more of a CFO, I guess. And that's right. really um, looking at the different departments and understanding, okay, well, you know, why is this month up? Why is this month down in your department? Um, and then having conversations with, with those departments about, um, you know, how, how, we can, how we can improve. Um, so, yeah, those, and look, I, I have investors in the business as yeah. well. Um, so, you know, I'm obviously not all about the numbers and my investors are not going to be all about the numbers as well. You know, if we need to, you know, reinvest something or, you know, there's things that we need to change in the business, which 
affects the financials of that department for a time period or whatever, there's going to be some flexibility in there. Yeah. But I think it's important to have the finger on the pulse of those numbers. Mm-hmm. And that is certainly going to be now the numbers, you know, obviously this is very different for different businesses yeah. and there is, you know, revenue objectives. Um, but we're all, I'm all very much about percentages of how, you know, departments are performing. You know, I, I think what gets overlooked or what gets looked at or too much priority gets put often on, okay, we've just got to drive revenue, got to drive revenue, got to drive revenue. Whereas, you know, if you were, you could double your revenue and make the same amount of net margins that you could just by tweaking, you know, the departments, you know, if you could make an extra squeeze an extra one and a half percent out of each department, yeah. you might end up, you might end up with the same, same results. Um, and look, that's, you know, that's, that's my world. That's my objective. That's, that's my, um, my, my personal objective to be, on top of that and, and be looking, looking at those things. Um, and look, you know, there will be, uh, you know, the marketing department of course will have you know, objectives and, you know, the, the amount that we spend on marketing, you know, is gonna, is gonna have a limit. And, you know, the, sometimes things like that are a little bit hard to understand exactly you know, the return on investment, for, yeah. you know, marketing activities and, and stuff like that. So there are department ones, but you have to have some flexibility around that. Um, but then there's going to be, you know, the whole business looking at everything as a whole, how is the, the, the whole business uh, performing? And that's on me, you know, that one, that one's on me. Um, so I don't know if this answers your question about, <laughs> um, about the, the measures um, but like, I mean, one of the, the, the measures for me is also the, my whole thing, as I mentioned before, is I, I really want to do a good job yeah. of cultivating leadership in this business where they run the business and I just work with them. And then yeah. I, I have oversight, I have oversight to everything. Um, so there will be performance metrics in those departments. Uh, but I'll also be very, very, I'll be putting a lot of priority on, you know, how are they showing up? How are they performing? How are they enjoying their job? What, what more do they want to do? You know, yeah. like what's missing from, from them? Um, you know, so that's certainly a, I guess a, it's a, it's a metric um, without numbers. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And, and the reason I say that is because, you know, you've got a vision and your vision is the world's most inspiring podcast and video studios. So, you know, at some point, someone's going to maybe turn around and say to you in like five years time when you're you know, sat on a beach in Bali, <laughs> well, which you probably will be, um, <laughs> that, you know, have you achieved that? And of yeah. course, on that journey, you go, well, how do I know when I've achieved yeah. that? It's one thing I say oh, to all, all my clients, you know, how do you know when something that sounds a bit ethereal has been realised? Yeah, you know, I, I I knew I got to Everest Base Camp because there's a blooming flag in the in the ground that said yeah. Everest Base Camp. So I knew I got there. But sometimes the the purpose of the business is a little bit less um, measurable. So what you got to yes. do is you have got to say, okay, so what, what what's those sort of things and how long is it going to take? And I know from the clients I work, then you got a great example there. So I, you know, I've got some clients that are, let's say, gross margin in, you know, let's say, twenty percent. So they're doing, and they've got, you know, a certain turnover. So they're doing all this extra work. And I said, well, can we gross margin at forty? Is there a way of getting us to forty? Because technically, you can do half the work and get the same result. So you know, how do we get to that? And it's what yeah. you said, rather than just looking at topping up the revenue, how can you look at some of the efficiencies in the way it's delivered, the cost savings, and elements about that because business is all about really just two numbers revenue and costs and, and you know more revenue less cost is the ultimate combination but less cost same revenue is a still a good combination so it, it, it's a mixture and i think yeah too many businesses and i think this is where 
also too many businesses sit so far inside their business and this isn't just the in and on or the in and around or the whatever this isn't the, the gerber type concept they don't ask good questions of their business which means they just sit on the hamster wheel and their 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 business which is 10 years old is really a one-year business times 10 years <laughs> that's all it's repeated the same thing they've never developed they've never learned they've never challenged it and i think what you were saying there is yes you're going to have some hard measures but also you want some soft measures which people enjoy it becomes the the, the inspirational podcast and video studios as yeah well. and and look to to address the ethereal part of what you mentioned there you know mm. like um you know saying we're, we're claiming we're building the world's most inspiring podcast studios um and the reason I can make that claim that I'm comfortable making that claim, um, Bali is, you know, it's probably the mecca in the world for yes. content creation, entrepreneurs, you know, content um, influencers, podcasters, speakers, you know, it's, yeah. a, it's, it's a massive, it's a massive hub in the world. Mm. And um, we have a you know, and part of the reason why it's called lighthouse is because um, you know, our objective is to shine a light on the world's most meaningful messages, Lovely. right? And the way that we are going to measure whether we are uh, the world's most inspiring podcast studios is not necessarily from the fact that, okay, we did 32% net profit this no. month. It's the feedback that we are getting from our, from our customers, our audience that, wow, this place is delivering like this place is amazing you guys are sharing really important messages with the yeah. world that is that's the heartwarming part of it yeah. um, that that is the you know that to me is the measure um, and look i'm probably at a place in my entrepreneurial journey where i i i have the luxury i guess of um having that as my measure you know because yeah. i've got business that makes me makes me money and um you know i've certainly been at a times in my life where I've started a business and I didn't have the bandwidth to, you know, think of the warm and fuzzies. It's like, I've got to put food on the table. I've got Absolutely. to figure out how to, I've got to figure out how to feed the dog. Yeah. You know? So when it's, when you're in that uh, frame of mind, it's like, that's what you got to get done. You know, you got to do what you got to do. Um, so I guess I'm at a, a point in my journey where I, I have that luxury, I guess, to have that expansive thinking and, um, you know, have the measure of the warm and fuzzies. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Agree. I, you know, again, it comes back to task and purpose. And I talk about that a lot with people. Yeah, what's your task in your job? But what's your purpose? And one's yeah. a bit more of the logical process and the other's a bit more of why I do what I do and what, what, makes, yeah. uh, what makes it worthwhile. So I think absolutely right. Yeah. And you, you, you mentioned something earlier, which I just want to pick up on. And it's saying... Yeah, you've got your team, that's how you set up. You've got your congruence, which is what you've got. And you've got some measures of stuff along the lines. But how do you create an environment where people can fail, uh, make mistakes, try things out, and do all the things that you know will take your business to another level because people take ownership and responsibility? How do you create that environment? Because it's the only way to get a business, I think, to exponentially grow, if everybody suddenly says, hey, shackles are off, we know the legal, moral, ethical side of what we should be doing, but let's all, you know, let's all try and not evolve our business, because we know evolution takes millions of years. Let's try and drive our business so we can become the most inspirational um, company doing this in the world. Yeah. Yeah. So, look, I mean, there is, the, there is that element of drive, you know, that is the 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 effort you know let's mm. let's let's all roll up our our sleeves but i think that done with the right energy creates new opportunities yeah you know, it attracts new partnerships it you know it can open the uh, it can open the door for uh product variations or 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 whatever it is so i think um that that has to be a consistent though, you know, that, yeah. that, um, that to me is kind of part of the, part of the culture. If, if there was somebody in the business that I had, that I started with now and they were doing, you know, let's say two in two years time and look, they're doing their job, mm -hmm. but they're not growing. They're not expanding. 
and they're not looking for new ways to expand the business, I would have a, you know, I would have a, a very uh, deep conversation with them and say, look, are you in the, is this the right thing for you anymore? Yeah. You know, why are you not, why are you not expanding? You know, I, that um, expansion of the business, that growth, I, I, I so believe um, can be driven by the people in the business. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, the, the final decisions are going to be me. I'm pretty good with ideas and, um, you know, uh, driving ways to scale and expanding and, you know, strategy for all of that. Um, but I'm, you know, all that strategy means nothing if there isn't that energy in the business of, you know, people wanting to step forward and, and, yeah. and drive it. Um, and, you know, I'm probably coming back again to that, that culture piece, I guess. Uh, but yeah. And giving people the opportunity to, you know, come up with their own ideas and actually step forward and go, Hey, Monty, I want to try this. Uh, I'd be like, in my mind, I, I might think that you got a 10% chance of su- succeeding in that, but I want to let them do that and nice. learn, yeah. and, you know, learn, learn the lesson for themselves. Um, uh, you know, the, the way I would partition that is, is it mission critical to the business? Now, mission critical, a mission critical decision is something that if the idea doesn't work, if they mess it up, is that going to affect the brand? Yeah. Is there going to be an unhappy customer? Um, is there going to be some negative financial impact is it going against the values of the business? Mm-hmm. If the answer to any of those things is no, then I'll, I'll be happy to let people make their own mistakes and take on things and, and ideas that, um, you know, even in my mind, they may not work. It's like, okay, well, that's a long shot, but give it a go. If it's not a mission, mission critical decision, um, I'll let people run with it. Perfect. Yeah, no, I think it's right because, again, we, we go back to the fact if the business is always just the owner, I don't know what it, the stats are in you know, Australia, Singapore, Indonesia, Malaysia, Philippines, but in the UK, it's only 3% of businesses ever get, get above a certain level. Only 3%. And, and you know, I, I, you generally know business people or pe- people that set up their own businesses are obviously people that are okay with a bit of risk or they wouldn't do it. Only three percent get above a certain level, and I think yeah. you've just described very eloquently why that may be the case. Is because they hold on. The owner holds on to so much of like the sales, the marketing, the operation, the delivery, the customer service, the R and D, the finance, the HR. You know, eight things we just mentioned. That their bandwidth gets to a point where they can't do anymore. So they yeah. they actually anchor their business at that bandwidth point. Well, I think even I think even more paralyzing than just you know, the sheer, sheer volume of, you know, things to take care of is also protection. You know, mm. it is once business owners, a business is not easy. Let's, let's be honest. Mm. And people get into business with the romantic idea that I'm going to work for myself. I'm going to be the boss and I'm going to make a really great income and I'm going to enjoy some freedom, whatever that, yeah. whatever freedom means to them, you know, that's why every pretty much everybody gets into business. Um, and then what happens is when you reach a certain level where you're making good money, you know, you might be making a couple hundred thousand, whatever's, you know, dollars, pounds, whatever it is. It's like, okay, well, I'm really providing a nice life for my family. And then the, then everything kind of switches into protection, you know, and then it actually, the, the mindset is just to protect what we've got right now, yeah. which, and in business, the same as nature, you're either growing or you're dying. There's no, there's no in between. Yeah. So, you know, you've, and, and that growing doesn't necessarily have to be financially growing. It can be an expansion or it can be like, you know, you were telling me before about how you've been, you know, evolving your product model. Yeah. Um, that's a growth, right? Mm. But when you just sit on your hands and like everything's cozy and comfortable and you don't want to rock the boat, 
that I think is the most is the most dangerous is dangerous thing. So there has to be some level of innovation, um, of effort for innovation yeah. all the time. That could be growth. That could be driving sales. That could be, you know, changing product model. It could be, you know, looking for new markets. It could be anything, but there has to be some energy, you know, put, put into that. And it's different for different people. You know, yeah. what's important, what's important for people is, is different. Um, I, I don't think it's a good idea for some entrepreneurs just to be focused on, on hard growth and just, you know, grow all the time because some people are not cut out for it. You know, yeah, you no, know I agree. We, we, we have, we've had these discussions with a lot of entrepreneurs about, well, you know, you have to make a choice. Do you want a performance business? Do you want a lifestyle business? What is yeah. it you're actually, what is it you're actually looking for? Regardless though, even if it's just you, there has to be some level of innovation and growth, whatever that growth looks like. Perfect. Yeah. And I think that leads us to sort of like the, the final part of the scale model, really, which is the, the, you know, the, the exit of yourself. Now we work with clients predominantly that are a lifestyle business, predominantly where their business runs them. And they come to us because they say, look, I really would like the situation where, you know, we could have a little bit less time in the business and a little bit more money and have a business that drives our future. And that's what we do. We try and work with them. But of course, a part of that is removing themselves from the day-to-day. Because if you're involved in the day-to-day, then you go on holiday, that part of the day-to-day stops. <laughs> the sales stops, the delivery, something stops. So actually, it becomes less easy to do. But you've got lots of businesses around uh, your area in the world. And you, like you said, you don't, you, I think you said to me earlier, you know, 15 minutes a day on some of your businesses. So how have you removed, bear in mind what we said already, you've got a great team around you, they're all congruent, you know, they, you're measuring all those sorts of things, that they can make mistakes, they can, as long as it's not mission critical, drive things into the business. But how do you remove yourself from that day to day with confidence? Yeah, so, um, I mean, Lighthouse is not the best example. So the outsourcing company, the yeah. Exponential, um, we've, we've been going since 2012 and that business, yeah, that was me right from the get go. I was doing everything and I was just, you know, you know, scraping the barrel and putting yeah. people in whenever I could. Um, and I made the decision, uh, actually, you know, around the time that we met that I would go to the Philippines. I've got office over there and the team yeah. is o- over there. And look, we've got a couple of hundred staff working for businesses in Australia, mostly a couple in the UK and a little bit in the USA. Um, and look, it's actually not, uh, it's not an easy business from the point of view of the product that we've got. Yeah. We're selling people. It's, you know, you're talking about, you know, cats and dogs. It's like, you know, we're selling cats and dogs, you yeah. know, to get, you know, to get people, you know, for, for businesses to try to get, you know, a productive team. Yeah. Um, yeah. People are inherently unreliable. Um, so I, I, I worked hard for uh, probably three years to really cultivate the management. Right. Um, and there was, and there has to be, I, I think this is true probably for just about every business. There has to be some compromise there has to be, you know, you're, you're as familiar as me is that, you know, the concept of the entrepreneur's bet, you know, yeah. you've got to um, at some point take the bet that you're going to take maybe some money out of your pocket, invest it into some other people or a team or some systems or whatever it is with the bet that that's going to pay off on the other side. Yeah. And if you're not willing to take that bet, well, then there's, I don't believe that there is the opportunity to put yourself in the position where you could have the freedom that you're probably desiring. Yeah. Right. So if you want that level of freedom, like I mentioned to you, you know, the outsourcing company, I'm probably doing on average 15 minutes a day. Yeah. And I've cultivated you know, the highest level managers who are running the business. I don't have anything to, I don't have any conversations with clients. I don't have any conversations, you know, with the, the, the team that are working for the clients. Um, I'm connected to four people and they ask me 
questions that maybe require some financial decisions or they're asking me a bit of advice on how, how they should approach something. Um, and I'm always throwing it back at them, you know, well, okay, well, if you did know the answer, mm-hmm. what, what would the answer be? Yeah. And then I'll give them some feedback, but I, I'm constantly um, trying to feed that into, in, into them, you know, to, to, to take ownership and, um, and look, there was some hard work in the, in those, those three years to, yeah. to get the business to that point. And look, it's kind of like, you know, the journey is, you know, you like, you're making money, you, you make good money. And then at some point it's like, it's going to go like this. Yeah. Gonna go down, right? It's going to go like that. And then it's going to go with the bet that it's going to go back up there. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, putting aside the strategic part of what people do um, in that process, that's the big thing. It is taking that bet that you will nurture some people. You'll take money out of your own pocket and you might have, you know, a, a short-term loss with the view that you're going to get to that other side. Um, and if you're not willing to do that, then you've got to find some compromise, you know, yeah, you, absolutely. You, you know, you've got to figure out what is the line in the sand for you. If you wanted to take a month off, well, you know, you're going to have to figure out how to, get the business to a point where it doesn't need you f- for a month. There's just yeah. no two way. There's, there's no magic bullet. There's no, there's no, um, there's no secrets to this. You know, it is, you, you've, you've got to scale the business to a big enough size where you have the resources to put those people in place. Yeah. Um, and it's obviously different for, for different businesses. You know um, I get asked a lot about partnerships, you know, I mean, partnerships are a great opportunity, mm-hmm. you know, I, I encourage people to look at the idea of maybe give away a percentage of your business. You know, really? like if you could bring somebody into like with the outsourcing company, I mean, I, I say this all the time. If somebody came to me three years ago and said, Hey Monty, I'll help you grow the business. And I want X percent of the business. I'd be like, Here's the keys. Yeah, right? Absolutely. Um, obviously, you know, there'd be some more in debt and there'd be some measures in place. Yeah. It'd probably be a time time thing. Um, but that that's a very good, very good, good way to 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 go about it. Um, if that is an option for people, um, I actually encourage people to look at that. And look, if you don't find the right person, just the process of talking to people and unpacking those ideas can actually give you some ideas on how to scale the business as well yeah, or how you, you know, cause you're unpacking, you know, skills and abilities in, in people on how to grow the business, you know, so have, have all those conversations, you know, figure out, put all the options on the table and unpack them. Cause I think just that process alone um, can give some insights into, into a, what you could do strategically and B, what do you actually want to do? Yeah. I, 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 I think everyone always thinks it's always about the financial aspect, but we, um, I heard a phrase years ago and we sort of use it a lot in our business called, you know, the terms of how you want to work or, or run your own business. And terms is an acronym. You know, T is how much time do you want to spend in your business? E is how much effort, energy do you want to put into that business? R is all the resources you've got. How much of you, that are you putting into that business? M is obviously the money you want in and out. And S is a sanity. And when when I lost, uh, when Jackie and I lost our, our first daughter, Lou, in, in 2010, and then, you know, after a period of time, we, we, we discovered we were expecting twins, I made the instant decision that time was the biggest leveller for me. And I had a business that I was working four or five days constantly, six or seven days, you know, regularly. And I couldn't take time off. I couldn't do anything. So I did exactly that. I, I, I found the guy through networking that I got on really well with. And uh, I said to him after a while, look, this is what I want to do. I want to work four days a week. I don't want to touch Fridays, Saturdays or Sundays. Originally, it was actually Mondays. So it was actually Saturday, Sunday, Monday, but that didn't work for me. Um, but I don't want to touch Fridays, Saturdays or Sundays. Would you come in? 50-50 partner. Let's grow this business. But but that's my terms. That's what I want. And he went, absolutely. I did that for three years and then we, we exited the business. And it was great. It was a really, but I had to have that as my choice 
And obviously my, my income got slightly less because I had to share it. But actually my terms, which is most important for me, how I lived with my family and how I was able to spend the first three or four years with my kids growing up was, was immense. And that, that's all what I wanted at the time. Yeah, and, and I, I, I'm sure that, you know, the, the mentoring work that you do with people is, um, you know, with, with entrepreneurs is, is that clarity piece, you know, like yeah. really getting clear because that, that, that's the driver, you know, that's the driver of all of it. Because I think what happens is so many people start business with these romantic ideas and they end up getting, you know, stuck and it just becomes, oh, well, this is just the way, you know, it goes. And they're not clear on what they want. So they don't have the capacity, the ability um, to look at what the options are because they don't yeah. really know what they, they don't really know what they want. Yeah. Well, they got, they got no, yeah. And it, it's such a simple thing. You know, again, these are businesses that want lifestyles. So they want their business to drive their life, not their life to drive their business in some ways. And, you know, if we just find out what their life is. You know, what do you want in the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years? Just as a rough you know, line in the sand. And then we say, okay, for, for the, your business to deliver that, this is the financial model that would work. And then we go, okay, and now this is the strategic model that will work. And these are the people that you might need at, at some point. And this is the sales. And, you know, and we just go through each element with them. But, yeah, 90% of them, are in the business so deep that they actually don't know what year, month, or day of the week yeah. it is. So when I say, what would you like in five years' time? They're like, I've never thought of that. So, yeah, but if you thought that, you might be able to do something very different tomorrow. Uh, and it's just a, a wake-up call. So my last question for you, Monty, sir, it's, um, it's uh, a view that I have, apart from, you know, you, you, you can't uh, manage people and all other things along those lines, but the view is that... that a, Basically, every business, the only real problem, the only real challenge in it is that of leadership. Mm. To me, that's it. Because if you've got a very efficient, effective leader, they would either get rid of the wrong staff and get the right staff in. They would change the strategy. They would know where to go. They would know who to talk to. And we've spoken about this throughout the whole of our, our chat today. So if leadership is the ultimate driver of potential of a business, what's your best piece of advice for anybody listening to this about what you've picked up from all the people we've ever known about leadership? Yep. That's a good <laughs> question. Um, so I, I mean, the word that comes to me is courage. And the reason why I say that is because um, part of my journey, if I look back at some of the experiences I've had is there's been times when um, I had critical people in the business. Like I had people that, were really important to the business. Um, and I had to make a decision about cutting that person off, okay. taking them, taking them out of the business. And that's a scary thing to do. Yeah. Um, back in 2014, like I had really fast, massive growth when I started the business. Um, and even in the first two years we were doing, I think seven sorry, 2 million Australian dollars a year, which is, you know, probably 20,000 pounds, but uh, <laughs> uh, it was, um, I made the decision to cut pretty much a million dollars of revenue just in one decision. Wow. And that required me basically eliminating a whole team. And that was a really scary thing, scary thing to do. Now, in hindsight, looking back, I have, you know, the, the luxury of, um, looking back and going, that was a really smart decision. That was really, yeah. really good. Um, and there's been other business in the past where I, I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have had the courage enough to do that because uh, the, I, I would have thought the business too much relied on that. So tying this back into leadership, I think when you have can have that capacity to understand that the business is bigger than anyone, any one person. Yeah. Um, that there's there's a way about you that you're going to carry yourself and it's not you know like an arrogance is like you know we don't we don't need you um but when you have that level of confidence to know that the business is structured the systems are structured the team culture is so solid that if one person we were to lose one person that it is so solid enough that you know, like, it, you know, it, it, it might be a bit of a headache for a couple of weeks or whatever. Yeah. Um, but that to me is, is 
is a big one. And the reason why I think it's a big one is because I think a lot of people hold on to team members or staff too long. Um, and it actually is potentially dragging the business down and you yeah. might have to make a hard decision and you might drop revenue. You might, you know, but unless you're willing to cut that tie, um, it's like an attachment, you know, it's yeah. like, you know, if you're not secure enough in yourself and the business to cut ties with that person, you're not feeling is, is right anymore. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah. So that to me, I, I, and the reason why I feel like that is so important is because I feel like there, that alone can carry on to so many other elements of, of leadership. Mm -hmm. you know, like that is, it's like a, there's a, there's an aura about you in the business. There's a confidence when you interview new people and, you know, it, it gives you a greater level of awareness also of what's right for the business, you know, what's right for the culture. Yeah. And you're going to make much better discernments for the business and also cutting off clients, you know, like yeah, what kind of clients do you want? Um, so yeah, I think there's just so much in that one one little piece that can kind of carry through to so many other elements of, of the business and leadership. Well, which I think, you know, in, in essence, what you know, courage, bravery, all those things. But I think, in essence, what you're saying is, is you know, if if the the vision and the mission and where you're going, and there is a client that's potentially, you know, a big client, but they're they're not the right client, and it's affecting the vision and the mission, then the bravery thing is, yeah, is it revenue or is it the mission? And we know every day of the week it's got to be the mission. Because every, you know, if you're the one, I, I remember you know, years and years ago sit going into a company that had like you know engraved in wood all their values you know type it was so central to their culture and one of them was respect which you know, again nowadays you, you, you should that should be an un it should be given you shouldn't have you know it should be a table stake you can't work here unless you respect us but anyway it wasn't at that time uh, but their their lead their top sales guy who was earning you know millions and millions for the company was an arrogant son of a bitch being honest and nobody liked him and I remember saying to the CEO at the time about this type of thing, it's like, well, if that's true, then why is he still here? And it was so incongruent with what they were doing. It actually made the CEO look weak. Yes, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, like that's a perfect example. That's such it a good really example. did. And everyone just thought the CEO was actually, oh, yeah, he says that, but he doesn't believe it. And the whole culture was just being ripped apart because of that one decision. And I can understand, you know, we all look at it and say, well, yeah, but that decision doesn't pay my mortgage. But actually, you know, again, it comes back to this. If you have a purposeful business that does the right things for your staff and your customers then get the right support because your staff do the right things, that means your shareholders will be ecstatic because you'll get enough customers. So purpose drives profit more than profit drives purpose. Yeah, and, and look, if you had... Um, if you had shareholders that were, you know, all about the money and not aligned to the values, well, that again, you know, that doesn't a, work either. That, that doesn't work either. That's a, you know, that's that's just as incongruent. That's just as damaging. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah, and and, and yeah, I, I do remember lots of our conversations way into the night when we're sat in a, a little bar in the middle or in a restaurant in the middle of Singapore was quite a lot to do with actually purposeful led businesses rather than just you know the profit because i think once you've got to a certain level in business then you realize that if you do the right things the integrity of the business is kept solid then actually there's a such a strong chance that that business will succeed whereas if you cut the corners and do everything for the, the money there's a massive chance it won't and i think that's what's down to leadership in in a, in a lot of businesses really yeah, 100%. Yep. Cool. Well, that comes to the end of our chat, mate, unfortunately. I've really enjoyed this. <laughs> um, if people want to contact you, want to see about the lighthouse or yeah. you know, things that you've done and, and, and listen to more of your sage-like wisdom, how, how would they do that? Um, best way to get in contact with me and um, is uh, Instagram probably. Right. Um, so yeah, Monty, M-O-N-T-Y, hook, H-O-O-K-E. I think yeah. if you just search that anywhere, search it on Google, search it on Instagram or whatever, um, yeah, my name should should pop up somewhere. So um, yeah, that's the best way to check out what I'm doing. 
um, are pretty active. I've got a you know a team of people feeding content out there, and oh, you have. Um, <laughs> so. Um, and what about the lighthouse progression? Is there a, is there a, like an Instagram for the lighthouse so you can see how things yeah, are there, moving there? Yeah, there is. Um, so lighthouse.studios.bali or if you go to my Instagram, you'll you know you'll see, see me there. posting and tagging and um and and doing all that and i'm posting some stuff obviously about about lighthouse as well so yeah we should be open um you know i mean as we're recording this now we're just at the end of september um so probably february next year is when we're 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 looking to open so um yeah we're trying to time it with you know the the environment the world hopefully yeah hopefully making some um allowances for people to travel again and it hasn't been easy to you know uh, for for creators and entrepreneurs to come to Bali, be in Bali, um, so that's sh- should all open up again soon. So, you know, Excellent. and also if people want to to have a very interesting um, listening episode, because I, I've listened to the Rabbit Hole podcast a few times, and some of your your guests on there have got some incredible insight to the way this world works from business and other things. Uh, you know, sign up to the Rabbit Hole podcast as well and listen to Monty and his guests on a, on a regular basis. I would definitely encourage them to do that as well. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Excellent, sir. Well, uh, we've we've just run over time, but I always do because I, I always just enjoy these. I, I'm sure, you know, I've probably only got one listener, um, but I do these because I have such a good time talking to people that I have massive respect for. So thank you very much. Uh, appreciate everything you're doing out there for everyone. Massive success, hopefully, for the, which I, I know it won't need to be for the lighthouse and everything else you do. And I will catch you in 2022 on the beach at some point in Bali. Well, hopefully catch you in the studio as well. I'm going to get Absolutely. you. Well, that's what I mean, but I, I like the beach <laughs> bit as well. All right, take care, mate. Awesome. Speak soon. Cheers. Thanks very much. Bye.